When we had our last fight Words we said out of line They were your words, not mine Do you ever look back And think about all the things you could have said Replay them over again inside your head This is the Revisionary Podcast Stories of all we would have done in the past This is the Revisionary Podcast With your host, Juan Carlos The Revisionary Podcast Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Revisionary Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Juan Carlos. First and foremost, I want to say this has been an interesting experience. If I sound a little different to you guys, that is actually because normally, uh, you guys, some of you guys didn't know this, but I had actually been recording all of this episodes and, well, let me rephrase, let me back up. I launched this episode from New York, right? Then... I started doing everything else from the Seattle area because I moved out to the Seattle area and I've been working out of out of there and kind of getting everything done. But this particular episode, I happened to be back in New York. So I didn't know how the sound quality was going to come out. So if I sound a little different, that's why. But I'm excited. It's, it's, it feels like, you know, I felt like it was fitting to start this podcast in New York and launch my first episode from New York because, you know, at the end of the day, I tell you guys I'm a proud New Yorker, BX718 stand up all day, every day. You know, I'm very proud of that. But... I've been out in the Pacific Northwest and having a good time and really enjoying it out there. It's beautiful. So this has been different. In addition to that, uh, it's it's a little fun um, because we're going to be recording this episode and I'm going to be speaking to a fellow New Yorker. You know what I mean? Somebody who's another proud, a proud Latina or Latinx, excuse me. And I'm excited to have this conversation with her. We have Zilla Vodnas joining us this week. So that is going to be really exciting. Um, also, in addition to that, so as you guys know, like I listen to the feedback that I get from my listeners, you know, you guys tell me something I, I really do consider it. And I know that one of the feedback, one of the complaints was that, uh, this, I've been using zoom, you know, to have these conversations with people. And sometimes it doesn't always sound great. And I get that. I hear you guys. Like I heard, I understand. So I'm thinking of switching to a different software, um, that should give us a higher crisper audio quality. So we're going to test it out today. And if it goes well, like if you get if the feedback I get was that this sounds really good, I'm going to do a few more episodes on on Zoom just because I already have them scheduled. You know, I'm going to talk to a few more people on Zoom. But once we kick off season two, I'll switch over full time. But it's only if you guys like it. So you guys got to let me know if you actually like it. I really appreciate that feedback. Um, but other than that, this weekend has been dope. I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, this past weekend, I, we actually had the live show with Nicole Anthony. Yep. That was dope. If you missed out, well, you kind of missed out. We had a good conversation, and it was like a two-hour long episode. But don't worry. Um, you guys will get to hear it eventually. You're just not going to hear it live like everyone else did. And, you know, their questions were asked, and people got to talk. You know, and they got to see all that, and they got to experience it. And honestly, shout-out to Bullhorn because it went great with their software. You know, I was a little iffy at first about doing a live show because I wasn't sure if my format would lend itself to a live show, but bullhorn.fm, they made it really easy for me. And that was pretty cool, you know, just to see it live, you know, be able to put posts up and people can vote and stuff like that. Like all of those things were kind of cool as we were changing pictures and so forth. But, you know, that was a phenomenal experience. And of course, it's always wonderful working with Nicole. Um, so that was really, really cool. I'm glad that I got to work with her. This has been such a great experience for me. And you know what? I'm not going to like this. As I like to say, let's not dilly dally. For, oh, I should say this, though. 
If this is your first time listening to the Revisionary Podcast, the way this works is we bring on guests, usually comedians, to tell a nonfiction story about their lives in which they wish things had gone a little bit differently. Afterwards, I give them an opportunity to tell the same exact story, except this time they can change any facts or details that they'd like about their story. So, again, pretty straightforward. But let's jump into this. Let's talk to Zilla. I've never met her before, but I've heard so much about her. Like, she just has, like, people would always talk about her brand and how she's on brand. And she's like, you know, your stereotypical loud New Yorker and she's fun and exciting. So I'm actually really looking forward because I, t- I feel like I tend to vibe with people like that. You know what I mean? I tend to live off of their energy. So let's let's just go. Let's get it. Let's get Zilla on the line. Hey, Zilla, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic, Juan Carlos. How are you doing? I am so great. Thank you so much for coming to the Revisionary Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so this is uh, this is this is new. That I like, I see your whole like background. Like you just for those of you guys who are listening in because you may not be able to watch this. She has this like dope, dope setup. Like behind it, tell us all about it. Uh, so at the beginning of the quarantine, you know, I own a lot of books. So I, on a whim, on a joke, you know, I saw some like Crate and Barrel thing. I was like, yo, they color coded the books. I'm gonna do that, and then it became an obsession. And because uh-huh. <laughs> it's not easy to do. So it took me about three weeks to get the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I decided to put it into a corner. And I was like, you know what? A lot of these Zoom backgrounds, they be fake books. Let me hit them with the real books. So okay. every book in my house is behind me right now. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something. Her book looks like an ent- like her stuff looks like an entire library. Yeah? Like it looks like, <laughs> like she's teaching English classes on the side. That's what it looks like right now. <laughs> I need to get into it. And you know what? What's funny is like if I had to pick a Disney princess, I always used to rock with Belle, and I think it's because I always low key wanted my own library with a mad long ladder. That's the that's the glow up. Next step is the mad tall ladder for my library. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. That's so dope. Look, uh, if I knew how to read, I'd have more books. No. So, you know, <laughs> Let me stop. I, you know, so I made it this goal. So, uh, so like just for a little bit of background, like I like used to when I was a kid I used to read like 25 to 30 books a year like that was a thing I did regularly and then some point I think I got to high school and I stopped reading I don't know why like it just wasn't a thing so I kind of wanted to get back to it and I was like a few years ago I was like yo I'm gonna start reading books in Spanish and ask me how many books in Spanish I read how many books in Spanish have you read 10 pages (laughs) (laughs) yo but what happened so here's what happened. So I, had, I went on this whole kick. So, so for those of you guys who are listening, a lot of you guys know I'm Dominican, right? Like my family's from the Dominican Republic. Very, very proud of my Latino and like Dominican heritage. And I decided that I was going to learn more about Dominican history because I was like, yo, I feel like I can't claim to be Dominican, be this proud of something if I don't know the history. So I was going to do it through books. So I was like, okay. So at first I read uh, Oscar Wilde and like, uh, and did that book, which was dope. Uh, if you have never read that book, that book is amazing. Oh, it's amazing. So yes. I'm sorry? It's amazing. And it's a fantastic for like, um, if you have never been familiar with Dominican history, like, the, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, a great narrative. But then also all of the little notes at the bottom of each page, it's like mm-hmm. rabbit holes. You just keep going and learning more about the, the history of DR. It's awesome. Exactly. So the book is called, just for those of you guys listening, The Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde by uh, Juno Diaz, Dominican author. Phenomenal book. So I read that. I was like, all right, boom. So now I'm going to go grab a second book, right? So then I grab uh, that book by, uh, I think it's called, it's by Julia Alvarez. uh, Mm -hmm. Something about the butterflies, uh, La Mariposa, something. Yes. 
Um, oh my God. Wait, <laughs> you now. In the time of, no, not in the time of yes. butterflies. In the it's, time of the butterflies. Yes. Okay. But I picked it up in Spanish. Okay. Because I was like, all right, I want to read it in its original language. By the way, side note, I don't even know if that was the original language. All I know it was written in English, but I was convinced <laughs> that it was the original language. I had no idea. Got through 10 pages and I was like, ooh, this is heavy. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like starts off talking about communism and like, you know, like people in gray suits dragging your family away. I was like, ooh, <laughs> this might be a book that takes me a while. But that's what's crazy about Oscar Wow is, is it's flipped. It's like a very interesting narrative. And then it's like, also, they will drag your family away. But this right. aside, like, <laughs> that's not the big, <laughs> that's not the overarching story. Uh-huh. Um, I, I really loved uh, that book, um, especially the as a nerd. So it was like mm-hmm. I related to it as a Latino, but then also mm-hmm. like his whole thing where it's like he loves sci-fi and he loves comic books. And then the parallel between the like history of his family is just like really dope. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a that's a lovely book. Highly recommend. Thank you for I, reminding me. <laughs> no, absolutely. I said, what? I'll do you one better. Uh, my fiance for uh, in, was it late 2019 surprised me. With tickets, so we got to go see the live play of Oscar Wilde. That's fantastic. So hold on, this is dope because what y'all don't know is my fiance doesn't speak Spanish. The entire play was in Spanish. Like, just (laughs) Spanish story. So I'm here, I'm like, yo, you really like taking one for the team here. Like, you're just willing to sit through three hours of a Spanish play. We got the, did you know it had subtitles? I had never seen subtitles on a play. Oh, on the bottom, right? And it's like reflected? (laughs) No. Where was it? They had like a TV screen. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. I went to the opera once and it was at the bottom. They had these like glass things and it looked like not lasers, but like, uh, you know, like numbers on a sports screen. Yeah. So the, the subtitles were at the bottom. That's pretty cool. I was sitting there. I was like, yo, if I was an actor, that's a lot of pressure. Like you really can't screw up not a single line. Like can't forget a line. No, because they wrote it right there. <laughs> <laughs> read it. <It's> that. <laughs> Imagine there's someone in the audience that's like, that's not what that says. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it happens. So what have you been up to throughout this minute besides decorating your apartment, making it look awesome? Okay. So besides um, compulsively, cleaning and trying to not think too much about everything that's going on in the world i've been trying my best to um i think it's very important now for people to remain to stay as connected as possible so as much as i know there's zoom fatigue i've been doing shows and appearances uh via zoom or via twitch and it's been you know different results um I don't necessarily know. So I, I have a Twitch channel. Um, I'm at Zilla underscore Vodness on Twitch. On my Twitch channel, uh, I do a show on Fridays where I get a group of comedians or also comedy adjacent performers. So maybe not necessarily comedians. Uh, we like talk about uh, whatever. It's kind of like chopping it up with the homies. I, I very much enjoy my Friday show. It's called Fridays with mm-hmm. Friends. I try to keep it as diverse as possible. And that's even in like styles of comedy. So it's like mm-hmm. I'll get one person who's into one line one person who you know tells stories and mm-hmm. we just like kind of talk i also game but with mixed results because i'm a 8-bit 16-bit girl you know i'm showing my age right now <laughs> but like my idea of like the best game is like sega genesis nba jam you know like i don't have high standards you're on fire yeah like <laughs> yes yeah all of that so 
Um, but I've also been doing online appearances, corporate shows as just a stand-up. And there's something really dope about the fact that, like, I have never been a prop comic, but now mm-hmm. that I'm here in La Casita, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be, I be pulling out props, and I, like, <laughs> try my best to surprise people. Uh-huh. And, you know, do I miss going out and, like, seeing people and, like, no. uh, you know, of course, but to save the world, we could yeah. do this, people. We could be patient. And also, there is something really dope now about being like, like the way we're connecting now from mm-hmm. like uh, coast to coast. Yeah. There's something really dope about like, I got a message at the beginning of the uh, pandemic from a woman in Texas. And she was just like, oh my God, I'm in Texas. And I, I rarely ever see Latina comics here. So it's been so dope. And that's been really rad, you know, and Mm -hmm. I've been booking people from L.A. So just getting like trying to do like comedy, wonder friends, you know, and like Mm -hmm. also meet the people that were on my meeting wish list, which, by the way, Juan Carlos, we (laughs) got to meet, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but there's something really dope about that. So just trying Mm -hmm. to find the positive and like how can we connect and use the format? Comedy, let me tell you, it's a little bit harder. I think it's a little harder to make people laugh right now. Because everybody is going through so very much. Uh, but when it works, it's rad. You like bring people smiles, you know? Just like nothing greater. No, look, you couldn't have said it better. Like, I couldn't have said it better myself. You just, yes, that is that. All that a million times. <laughs> so let's, look, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Let's go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, Zella, the stage is yours. Go ahead and tell us your story. Okay. All right. Well, I have to preface this by saying uh, I was New York City high school teacher for eight years. Uh, grew up in a really uh, strict Catholic Puerto Rican household, just to give you a little bit of background. Um, and I'm going to start this by saying I don't condone child abuse, but I understand why my parents hit me. OK, and that's because of this. First of all, the societal issues. My parents were struggling to make ends meet. My parents had kids very young, but also, oh, my goodness. I was a lot, okay? Right. Let me give you an example of one time that I got the chancleta or whatever it is that you want to call it. We're not going to cutify it, right? Because it's still something that we need to talk through. I think um, a very good discussion we're having in Latinidad right now is whether or not the chancleta is like a, you know, a traumatic thing, right? But I'm going to tell you this. One time, I, so I grew up in Bushwick. One time, me and my cousins, we filling up water balloons, okay? Mm-hmm. But the water balloons, you know how they do? They pop. If you pile them up too many, they start mm-hmm. to just bust. So mm-hmm. all these water balloons, we're filling them up, but they popping at the same time. So boom, I get a light bulb idea. I go, yo, I got it. You know what we should put these? Somewhere very soft. You know what's really soft? Mommy's bed. That is the story of how I almost had five gallons of water by accident in my mother's bed because when we came back to find the water balloons, they had all popped. Every single one of them. And that is a time that I got spanked. You know what I mean? I got lit up. (laughs) So knowing that this is how my parents run a household. Okay. Now, uh, in my household, I know it varies. My father never uh, laid hands on us, but he would tell my mother when to. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was spankings. So we're talking spankings here. But boom. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So I grew up in a house where mommy goes, mommy used to give us the look. You know, the look I'm talking about. She didn't even have to raise a finger. She would just give us the look. But anyway, in fourth grade, I go to school and there is 
a puppet show. So they bring us on for assembly and it's a puppet show. And let me tell you, I love me some puppets. Quick distinction though, not the hard ones. They got to be soft ones like Muppets. The hard ones creep me out like the wooden ones. No, thank you. Right. But anyway, so these, you know, I don't know if you ever gone to public school. Sometimes they roll up and it's a puppet show. Wow. Right. So we in the auditorium, the puppet show is the story and it is about child abuse. And the example that they give in this story, all right, is that there is a little boy. He is purple. His mother's red. His father's blue. Get it? Oh, my God. Anyway, so he is cleaning up in his house and he accidentally spills something. And his father hits him. And the mother is like hysterical. And at the end of this puppet show, they sit us down and they're like, hey, guys, just so you know. It's never okay for your parents to lay a hand on you. And immediately, another bad light bulb goes off in my head. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Let me find out. So we go back to the classroom and I tell my teacher, excuse me, miss. Have I got a story to tell you? Apparently, it's illegal to lay hands on children. My parents do it all the time. And I give her like... Dike receipts, no. receipts telling her of all my spankings. So my teacher, of course, has to report this. Okay. And the craziest part is she reports this and nothing happens because unfortunately, the system is very slow. So meaning like they have to write this down, of course, right? They go and get, you know, whoever, but I still go home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like they're like immediately are like, oh, all right. So I... Like weeks pass and nothing happens. And in fact, in the way that you are, you know, I love my parents. So it, the, the whole idea just escapes my brain. And mm -hmm. then one day, see, now I had a hot mom. And I don't know if any of y'all ever had a hot mom. It is like the gift and the curse when you were a kid. I remember right. once someone gave me a black eye because my mother blew me a kiss and a kid pushed me out the way to catch it. That's how hot my mom was. All right. <laughs> Mommy wasn't playing. She used to come with the eyeliner on the top and the bottom. They can hit him with a waist hygiene. She used to have to lay back on the bed. Her jeans was so tight. She used to have to have a homegirl zip them up sometimes. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm in school and I hear all the boys talking. They're like, yo, Zilla's mom's here. Zilla's mom's here. And I'm like, my mother's here? Now, this is like two weeks after the puppet show. And I go into the office. They page me to the principal's office. I get there. And I walk in. I see my mom as beautiful as ever, but she's got watery eyes. And immediately, I'm like, oh, no. You know, like, what? So I sit down. And the principal is like, you know, ma'am, Zilla told us that there's times in where she's, you know, been spanked or hit or struck. And, you know, we just want you to know that that is illegal. And if this continues, uh, they might, you know, we might have to call child services or ACS. And there might be some separation. And my mother goes, let them take her. She put all that water in my bed. She drives me crazy. She eats more than any other of her siblings. Go ahead, take her. And got up to leave. Uh -huh. And let me tell you something. Between the look on the principal's face and the look on my face, like, oh, were you? You turning me into the state? And it was because she was calling everybody's bluff. They told her to cut it out. Essentially, she never, ever 
laid hands on me again. But the worst part, Juan Carlos, is my mother didn't talk to me for like two months. Now, mind you, I'm in fourth grade. Yeah. And my mother just straight up, because I had turned my back on. You know what I mean? I was like, I was the little kid narc. So it was just like the craziest thing. But looking back as a high school teacher, I realized she never hit me again. Yeah. So in many ways, do you know what I mean? Like, it was an embarrassing, incredibly embarrassing moment for my family. But. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this, these puppets, you know, though, I have to say. Those puppets, get out of here, puppets. It's way more nuanced than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're just like, if your parents ever, you know, like, you, yeah. they, they should go to jail. It's a little more, it's complex. So, that, hold on. We're, we're, we're going to back up. I have questions here. Go ahead. First off, as someone who grew in the boogie, I grew up in the boogie down Bronx, I grew up in the Bronx, I can't even imagine snitching. That's first and foremost. Like, what was going through your mind? The puppets were intoxicating, Juan Carlos. You don't understand. <laughs> I grew up watching Sesame Street. So I was like, oh, word, the puppets is asking me. I'm going to tell these puppets. <laughs> nah. I, I mean, look, first and foremost, let me make something abundantly clear for all of you guys who are listening out there. I am not, I do not in any way, shape, or form condone child abuse. Like, that's not what this is right now. No. What I'm saying is this, that there is a difference between child abuse and, like, what it seems like Zilla was describing. Tell me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. So... Years later, when I became a teacher, I came mm -hmm. to the realization that at the end of the day, there is absolutely no rationale for ever laying a hand on a child. No, and I agree. Wait, I agree. But and the reason why I say that um, is because I knew people, heroes, straight up heroes who used to teach algebra to kids without ever lifting a finger do you know what i mean like there is a way to approach anything sure. with a teenager with a young person even the worst stuff that you can you know get, mm -hmm. um you can get them on board to do things that they don't necessarily like doing like their homework right. or whatever like cleaning up anything like that that being said when i look back at it now i also understand the other side of that coin which is you are people who are struggling. My parents struggled. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I think what it ultimately boils down to is that we don't co-sign this stuff. You and I are both right. on board with that. But yeah, what we no. do agree with is that some circumstantially, you know what I mean? I remember once I rode my bike um, uh -huh. farther than I should have. And my mm -hmm. mother spanked me. You know why? Because she was scared of the neighborhood. And that was the way that she knew to teach me that. So exactly. it's it's not like um, I think when the 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 play happened, they was coming at it from an angle where I think you'd be seeing it in like the movies where it's like the kid makes a um a small noise or something and then like the parent like beats them in, into this right. like you know where they're bleeding or hurt or it was never that um but I still. Like uh, when I became a teacher, I also understood like, you know, uh, I have nieces and uh, nephews um, and I, I it's interesting when you approach it from another angle, you're like, oh, no, I mean, you could. Right. Technically, you mm -hmm. could put the fear of God in a child. Yes. Right. But there are other methods. And yeah. it's wild that like culturally that varies parent to parent. You know what I mean? And, and I do think, and I, I will say this, like, uh, I'm trying to speak in general tones because this includes my parents too. And like, if my parents are listening out there, you guys are wonderful. You know, thank you for everything you've done. That's not what this is. But like, I feel like there's a, 
uh, how do I explain? Like, it's like when you come. My parents are from a you know a, a country not the United States. They're from the Dominican Republic, where they grew up in a rural area. So the way you're taught, you know, to deal with child rearing is just a little bit different than uh, the way we do it in the United States. And I do think that like uh, I don't want to call it uh, a lack of education because that's not what I'm trying to say at all. But you know what I mean? There's just this like higher learning, like higher understanding in the United States, especially now. And we have a lot of research and science that backs up that we do not need to, you know, to resort to like hitting a child for to be able to, um, how do you say, uh, discipline them properly. But when our parents did it, they really did it with the best of intentions. It wasn't like they weren't hitting us like just to hit us. They were like, you know, they were like, hey. I want you to grow up to be a good adult, a good human, and this is the way I know to like teach you what's right and what's wrong. Absol- right or wrong. Absolutely. And I also think that like there are other stressors. Like whenever I did encounter as a teacher, uh, uh, thankfully, thank goodness, never a situation yeah. where like I felt like a child was being abused. But when I saw the various different types of parenting styles you know because mm-hmm. you're engaging not only with students you're engaging with their parents you yeah. do also realize i think one of the m- common misconceptions is that uh like working class parents are are like they don't want to be around sure. for their kid but it's that time does not allow there's no right. way for you to take care of a very large family on a limited budget and then also spend lots of chi- time getting to know your children do you get what i mean so like yeah. like from my perspective like my father i love my father my father and i have a very um when i watch say a movie and it's like these dads like these all-star dads they go pick you up every day from school and they that was never a thing because papi was a breadwinner so papi was never around but to my father the way he was raised as a caribeño was that's enough do you get what i mean like he was Mm -hmm. like if i provide for my family Mm -hmm. then we straight right okay right. i love you i showed you love i work 60 hours a week you know they're <laughs> like oh you like clean sheets and having a bed in a million stomach that's eso, love. eso that's what i mean so like for my parents whenever we acted up like look at me imagine you do oh did you lose me hold on a yeah, second <laughs> um camera's out hold on i'll be right back okay all right but yes, I think back to the point that you were making, which is like you have clean sheets, you have all these things mm-hmm. like, right. Uh, I understand now why I wouldn't necessarily say things like that to my like kids, right. future kids. But I do completely like you said, culturally, these are people who work their butts off. To make mm-hmm. a, a great life for us. So more right. than anything, they just wanted us to get the greatest of the greatest grades. We needed to be the absolute best because they just wanted all of that opportunity for us. Of course. And they just wanted us to take advantage of the things that they didn't have. And like, look, fact of the matter is my grandparents made a sacrifice for my parents yes. um, in coming to this country. My parents, who weren't born here, moved here in their late teens, early 20s. And they made a sacrifice in that they gave up all their friends and everything they ever knew, you know, to come start a life here for me. So, so they want they didn't want me to squander that, that opportunity. And again, at the end of the day, that was the goal was just for me to take advantage of the most advantage I could out of the opportunity that they had created for me. Absolutely. And you can also understand that, like, 
say so just to give you an example my pops he had to drop out of school at fifth grade when uh he actually retired and moved back to puerto rico but he was raised on a farm in puerto rico so you have to understand when your kids are living a life that is just beyond what you ever had opportunity wise you feel like they should just appreciate every single part of that and yeah. be the most best behaved you know what i mean like <laughs> he they yeah. he he expected us to just be like please and thank you and then you know but we were you know when you grow up surrounded by culture like home alone and little travieso like you know like little things like that you see that that's why i always tell people you know using home alone as an example i always tell people you know i didn't get to see home alone until i was much older because my mother refused to show us movies where kids were bad she was just like no you're not gonna see like we don't want you to get any ideas essentially you know like you know what's funny I used to watch those movies with the fear of God and be like ay Dios me mata <laughs> <laughs> <A mi> me mata <laughs> yeah I used to have a whole joke about how my grandmother would tell me Home Alone was a horror movie because she would change the ending where it was like and then Los West Bandits they came in and they beat him up for making a mess you know like <laughs> that, the idea that this young man could get away with all this stuff and that's I think at the heart of the story is like, you know, I look back and I understand completely. I also understand what I would do different. And I understand Mm -hmm. how to like in 2021, life is so much more different. You know, like I used to real talk. If you in Bushwick, you would see kids catch a, you know, catch a hurting in the street. You know, their parents, if they were bad and like they were embarrassing, Mm -hmm. that was not common but it happened you know Mm. now i think in 2021 people would be like oh my god you know like if they saw say someone spank someone at a park or like you know whatever so it's like forward progress and also understanding our place though in you know and culture is so important no look i I, look i think you're hitting on on so many important points and and that's why i thought it was whole this whole like concept was interesting so let's let's get to this fun part here uh, before we go too far down the rabbit hole. Go ahead and uh, retell us your story. All right. So let's see. I get paged to the office. So I see this puppet show and I'm like, you know what? My mother will never lay a hand on me again. The principal's going to straighten her out. But when I go to the principal's office and I see my mother with these tears in her eyes, I finally realize what I've done. Right. So I turn my back on my mom. I, I, I put our business out there. The number one cardinal sin of Latino families everywhere. <laughs> I put our problems on Maine. And what I really wish would have happened is this. The principal looks at my mother and says, I understand that things get very stressful. And I understand that sometimes y'all do without. And I just want you to know that you should reconsider before you take your aggression or anger out on Zilla. If you guys need any help, we're here for you. If you guys want to talk to somebody, we got a guidance counselor. And we can work these things out without it escalating. But you need to understand that hitting your daughter is not essentially what's up. I think I learned as a teacher that I wish people would... Because I didn't say this part. The woman, the teacher that was horrified was a teacher who constantly side-eyed me because I was different. Meaning, Mm. I was one of the only Latino students in that class. Mm. And sometimes I would bring food 
that was different and she would be like that's so exotic do you get what I mean yeah. or I remember once I told her that my father so you know how Mondays you go to school and you say what did you do this weekend I was so excited to tell them because we had rented the Hector Macho Camacho fight on pay-per-view and my mother nice. cut up the little sachichong and the queso yeah. de bola and put it on the Ritz with the pasta de guayaba the whole mm -hmm. nine it was a party and when mm -hmm. I told my teacher the same fourth grade teacher Mrs. B I won't say her full last name Mrs. B she looked at me and she said don't you know that boxing is barbaric what yo so like I wish when I became a teacher I would think about that story and that woman and say she thought she was so concerned for me right she was so concerned for me that she was going to save me from ever getting struck by my parents ever again but what she needed to understand was there was a bigger picture there It wasn't that simple. We were a yeah. different family from a different culture. So I guess if I could retell that story, someone would reach out to my mom and check on her. There had to have been a reason, right? She was so short-tempered. Mommy needed help. Mommy needed just somebody to listen, bendito. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I guess that's what, if I could change it and if I could change the system. It was funny. You asked me about like what my charity, you know, like what I believe in. Uh, one of the best things, greatest job, greatest job being a teacher. If you can, if you can do it, I recommend to everyone. You learn so much about people. You learn so much about yourself. But it's just to understand that like every family is different. And that's beautiful. It's not a bad right. thing. But you also have to understand that you got to remove yourself. You cannot judge. You know what I mean? Like other people's lives, other people's costumbres, you know, the mm -hmm. way they dress, what they do. Reach out and try to understand it and also vibe with it. You know what I mean? Not judge so quickly. But the one thing that I think about is that I still hurt my mom. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like my mom still got a little bit of heartbreak from that because once again, I put our problems on Maine and, and I think, you know, if I could do it all again, would I change the whole story and say, no, I wouldn't do it at all? No, mm -hmm. because I think in many ways, like I said, my brother and sister, they're both older. They stay saying, they'd be like, yo, you didn't get it as much as we did. And it's because I, I tried to be like, hey, this is wrong, you know? Right. Let me, I don't want I don't want to hold you here all night. So uh, before I let you go, um, we have two traditions on this podcast. Um, the first is we like to uh, pick a charity or an organization to highlight. And I, I know you kind of already touched upon it, but, you know, what's the charity and organization that's important to you? So if I had to go quick, real quick, there is a wonderful group. And I say this because as a teacher, it doesn't relate to my story, but as a teacher, they used to hook us up every year. It's called Cinderella's Closet. Cinderella's Closet is a, uh, a, a group that if you donate a used dress, even like a gently used bridesmaid's dress that you never want, they go and hook the kids up like suits, dresses for prom. For kids who cannot and what they do is they dry clean everything and they do like they put it all in one place so the kids will get to go and pick out a tie and pick out a jacket and, and shoes they throw everything so shout out to cinderella's closet they do it every year they work with the doe which is really dope uh on the other tip um it's very hard to name one charity especially because 
a lot of the charities are contested, meaning like, uh, you know, people don't know they raise money, but they don't know where the money goes. I will say this. Um, whenever you can, please try to work with people on the autism spectrum and or people with disabilities. I taught special ed uh, for eight years. My nephew uh, was born on the autism spectrum. And that's the reason that I turned to teaching in the first place. So I had a film degree and was on a whole nother path. And my nephew was born with a disability and nobody in the family had any any idea yeah. of what to do and me being a person my parents put this in me to value academics like so much i was like well bet i'm i guess i'm gonna have to go back to school so yeah. i got my master's degree in education uh to work with but i when i tell you that i think a lot of people uh are overwhelmed when they encounter you know uh people with a maybe a higher level you know have up my cutout again are on the autism spectrum but uh, let me see if I could just go recording. I'm sorry, my video cut out. You have my voice though, right? No, you're fine. Yes, yes. Well, I will say is definitely work with people. You know, even if it's volunteering a little bit, you, they're the best. You will meet new friends. You will make awesome friends and it'll change your whole perspective. You won't be f worried or fearful anymore. Or you won't have questions. You'll just realize, let me tell you, there's nothing cooler. I, every day I think, you know, do I want to be famous? And then I'm like, yo, I'll never be as cool as that one little girl that I had who used to wear uh, the <laughs> shutter shades. She had Down syndrome and she would wear shutter shades all the time. And she would be like, just looking at you like the world is my oyster. You know what I mean? Like vibes. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. This is so it's, it's weird how these things work out, right? Because uh, my mother also worked with a lot of uh, special education uh, kids because she's a speech therapist. That's what she does at the school, and she constantly tells me that some of her favorite students are the ones uh, on the spectrum because she says that at their core they're like just these beautiful, genuine like wonderful little humans and she loves working with them so much oh no absolutely and i have to say like i i it completely altered my perspective of who i thought i was working mm -hmm. with those people because one of the things that i um and i don't and i never speak in like once again no blanket terms because i know every like i have never met a as much i, I work for eight years and i work with, like easily over like 500 students and i never had a student like my nephew you know what i mean so you kind of mm -hmm. feel like when you go out there you're like maybe there'll be someone similar no everybody being completely different cool. that that being said uh some of the most wonderful judge of characters so i I know your mother probably be on this like meaning like if one of those kids does not like you yeah. it's because you need to reevaluate your whole life and figure out why people don't <laughs> like you <laughs> because that's true they can they can read they're like so empathetic and can read people and just like get people and it's beautiful no i honestly i miss it and i would love my future goal so maybe Juan Carlos, you hook you. You can help me out with this. My future goal is to do something comedy based with young adults on the spectrum. I think like, you know, sharing comedy and joy and smiles and all that with kids who um, are often the butt of the joke, but actually flipping it so they can enjoy the joke, too. You know, because I would never. I think that's something that in comedy, it always kills me when I have to follow someone who yeah. makes jokes that are like tasteless like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I try to avoid that at all. At all costs. But anyway, I apologize. My camera went out. But, um, my God, thank you for having me. Oh, wait. Hold on. Uh, unless you're in a rush to no, go. No, no, no. One more tradition. What's that? Um, so, the other tradition that we have on this podcast is that uh, 
we like to ask uh, our guests to please share a quick childhood story uh, that puts a smile on their face. It just generally makes them feel warm inside whenever uh, they think of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A, a childhood story that makes yeah. me feel warm inside. Or like just, one that puts a smile on your face, you know, just a happy memory. I mean, oh, my I goodness. Probably... So I'll give you I'll give you a good. Um, sure. <laughs> a really uh, this is a very New York story. But okay. one uh my Aunt Dahlia, uh, she used to like, you know, one of the biggest things was getting over to sleep over. You know, I wasn't very much allowed to sleep over people's houses, but I got to stay over my cousin's house. And she got us up and at like seven in the morning on a Saturday. And I was so like, I couldn't have been angry because she was an adult, but I was like blown away. I was like, where are we going? <laughs> what is this? And when she took us, it was summer and she took us to get free breakfast and to this day, I cannot tell you, for some reason, my parents just never took us to get free breakfast, but I went to go get free breakfast. And when I tell you, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. You could go to school on a Saturday and they got to feed you. I was like, I came home. I was like, mommy, you don't even know. They gave us grilled cheese and chocolate milk and like, you know, like all this stuff. And one of the things I love about that story is like, any other person would have been like, oh, that means that you didn't come, you know, like you came from a neighborhood that w didn't have a lot. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, to me, I was like, oh, this is so cool. You know, like that was the, that was the weekend I got to go jump in the, um, in the pump. If y'all yeah. don't know, that's when the fire hydrant is open. Yeah. That was, yeah, the whole block was, nobody had water pressure in their houses, but everybody could go outside and go jump in the pump, which, you know, and like, I just have this like wonder how awesome to be small and to just see only the positives you know what i mean there was no no uh, worry about what will people think of us going to get free breakfast what will people think of us being in the pump it was just all like man look at all these people everybody's happy i remember we bought piragua we were like so yes. happy <laughs> So like that was like just this perfect summer day, even though I was mad we got up early. But I was like, wow, you know, there's this whole other world to enjoy. And I loved it. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. You just brought me back down. Because like, <laughs> everything you described were things that I cherished from my child. Like I loved whenever the, the we turned the fire hydrant on La Pompa and just everyone we used to go out and just like run around in the street and grab like little hollowed cans to try to direct the water. Absolutely. You could get it and, to go up so high. Yep. <laughs> and I remember uh, like it was so cold, by the way, that water was so cold. Freezing. It almost when it hit your body. Yes. You know, you're a little kid. The other thing is, uh, I remember uh, the one that sticks out to me specifically is one time I, was, I remember sitting like in the summer playing Mega Man in my apartment all day on my little N64 or whatever it was. And then like going, oh, it's almost time. It's almost time. And watching the clock so I can go, you know, get my little free school lunch and my little IC. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Yes. And that's that's I think, you know, years later when I was a teacher, I remember like sometimes kids, I, you know, the only thing that would get me upset at a student would be if they were bullying someone else. And sure. I remember like, you know, a lot of the thing is the stigma of free lunch. They call it free free. So they'd be like, oh, I don't mess with that. I don't eat that free free. Or like they would bring the outside lunch, like say, you know, a sandwich from the bodega and they would make fun of kids that couldn't. And I would yeah. always be like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what anybody's going through. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, statistically speaking, a lot of students in New York, or the, the only time they get to eat is whatever school provides. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, what was really dope when um, 
Obama was president. Michelle Obama had a whole initiative about making school lunch better. You know, so it's like, once again, another cause people need to realize. I don't think any child should have to ever pay for school lunch. You know, I, I feel like as a society, we just generate too much money in New York for any kid to have to pay for their lunch. They should be fed. No, I 100% agree. And honestly, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. This episode <laughs> has been a whole vibe. I like apologize. I apologize if I use foul language. Please beep and edit that out. It was only one. I got excited. Juan Carlos. <laughs> nah, nah, you are good. You are good. Thank you so much for coming on the Revisionary Podcast. Uh, do you have any last words for the Revisionaries? Oh, I, uh, you know, if I, once again, follow me on Instagram at Twitter at Zilla Vadnas, at Zilla underscore Vadnas on Twitch. Also, have a fantastic day, everybody listening. And, you know, try to see the bright sides of things. I know it's tough sometimes. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. The Revisionary Podcast. It's crazy how, you know, you talk to somebody who comes from a similar cultural background and grew up in a similar like environment as you how similar some of your stories are you know what i mean like while her story didn't necessarily happen to me because i wouldn't snitch but (laughs) i'm just kidding but you know i do think it's interesting how much of her story i really related to like it really resonated with me i was like you know what i know exactly what you're talking about there were nuances of her story that she didn't have to explain to me because i get them like i lived through them you know because it's part of a shared experience so that was so dope to sit down and have that conversation with her i mean honestly i'm just excited and i hope to work with her in the future again so let's do that why don't we uh say this uh make sure you guys follow us and make sure you follow zilla and uh you know, I'm going to keep pushing this because apparently, you know, it really touched me. I'll tell y'all a quick story. I did a charity show recently um, out in Washington, and it was for uh, Canines for Disabled Kids. And I had never heard of the fund. And as I've told you guys in the past, you know, don't come for me. But I'm not really a pet person. Like, I didn't really grow up around pets and, you know, dogs, cats. Like, they're not something that I necessarily enjoy just because I didn't grow up around them. Like, that's not for me. But I, I did the show. We had a good time out in Washington. At, shout out to Narrows Brewing. It was dope. And, you know, this military guy, this Air Force guy comes up to me afterwards and he, you know, shared the story with me about how he had this uh, niece or nephew with who had, you know, Down syndrome and how he has grown up with a, a Rottweiler, how that Rottweiler has just increased the quality of life for uh, for this child. So. You know, and I could see how affected he was by it. And he was so touched that I would take time out of my day. So he asked me, he goes, can I make you, can you, can I ask you for one promise, one favor? I'm like, what's up? He goes, can you keep this charity in the forefront for you? So you know what? I'm going to be true to my promise and I'm going to push it around a little bit because I do think that they do good work. And I do think that this stuff is important and it doesn't get talked about enough. So looked into canines for the disabled kids and, you know, support them if you can. You know, just I'm, I'm asking you as a personal favor. You know, I know there are a lot of dog lovers out there, so... If you guys are out there, you know what I mean? Please go support this organization because it really does make the difference in a child's life. And, you know, I mean, that's it. That's all it is. At the end of the day, we're just trying to make a difference, right? So go ahead and do it and support it. You guys are great. I always love talking to the Revisionaries. Thank you for everything. And as I always like to say, thank you for listening. This is the Revisionary.